Bro, I wonder what type of gimmick Mac they would have for Jamaican. <laughs> Go get three jobs. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Hey, what's good, folks? It's me, the Bowman 12L. And as always, I'm joined by my main man, Illawasi. And you're here for the 33rd, 29th edition of the Slam Bro Show. Illa, welcome back from the Himalayas. Coming back with Secret Techniques. What's good, fam? I mean, you know, sometimes you gotta duck off, you know what I'm saying? Make it do what it does, cuz. What's happening, Slam Bros, Fam Bros? It's good to be back. You know, I doubt you missed me because it was, you know, it, it was held down. But uh, don't count me out yet. Don't don't write me off yet. I'm back in the building. Hey, Ella, side up? note, side note, we can't have you standing next to folks anymore on Instagram. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you talking about the God MC? All right, like besides Rock Kim, all right. But like, I know you was you was at a wedding the other day, uh, holding yeah. it down as the only black person there, and you was yeah, making yeah, yeah, everyone yeah, looking yeah. small. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we arm wrestled because like the dude, my man, my man who got married is um the comic book artist Nick Patera. He's the comic artist on the Manhattan Projects and a lot of you know with Image. And various other little things. He's done te- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So he's a friend of mine. So he got married. So congratulations to Nick and his lovely bride, Kelsey. Um, but he's also an arm wrestling enthusiast. So um, it was just wild because I beat him before, like two years ago on Halloween. He's never <laughs> held that down. So he brought his arm wrestling uh, table out. And so a lot of people who actually can professionally compete in arm wrestling were there. And, of course, they see me walk around, so they all cocky, want to challenge me. Yeah, you know, why, why would you get on the table, man? Get on the table. Get on the, so I, got, I heard that shit all night. <laughs> so I got on. <laughs> so um, I got on the table with uh, what, a couple dudes. One dude who's, like, the second ranked in his um, weight division or whatever. Yeah, he was there with no sleeves on. He's a smaller, you know, he's maybe two what one something two something i don't know but he, he was just talking shit the whole come out come on get on the table get on i'm like dude my shoulders messed up but you know whatever i end up getting on there beat him with both hands <laughs> left and right nick wanted to arm wrestle me again beat him again um you know one other dude he was fine like a heavyweight dude we were going back and forth but he knows like arm wrestling techniques that i don't know you know, I was just, okay. I'm just a dude arm right. wrestling. They know different things. So he like was able to roll my wrist and he didn't get me down, but the dude just called it. Um, Cause I was holding him and I was like going back, but you know, he had my wrist like kind of bent in a way. So I don't know, but it was cool. It was fun. The wedding was great. Beating those fools at arm wrestling was, is also great. And uh, you know, making them look small, always a good thing. Yeah. My man, Ella has not been humbled yet. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! What up, man? Let's dig in these dirty sheets <laughs> and see what yeah. they do, man. Time to play the game. 
an unexpected turn of events. The homie, Mauro Ronaldo, is returning to the WWE family. All right. Uh, once SmackDown's lead announcer disappeared around WrestleMania, and then there was rumors of a possible uh, hazing or bullying incident with the legendary JBL that uh, caused a split between Morrow and the WWE, and that they the two had mutually departed, and they would be splitting once his contract was up in August. Um, a lot of people were sad to see Morrow go, but, I mean, his fortunes were looking bright, as it's been revealed that Morrow will be calling the um, McGregor, excuse me, McConnor, uh, Mayweather fight come August, which is bananas. He'll be calling that. But um, bananas, late last week, really, really, I mean, the spectacle. No, no, no. The fight's not going to be anything. Like, like I, it's it's the spectacle of the fight. The idea of the fight is going to be bananas. The fight's going to be disappointing. You know, as all uh, fucking uh, Floyd Mayweather fights are. I, I mean, I mean, he's a he's a safe boxer. You know, he's he's just going for points. He's trying to keep his record. You know, I mean, he's boring as shit. That's <laughs> he's he's hard to root for. His matches are terrible, terrible matches. I mean, he's a great defensive fighter. He's de- definitely elite, but he just puts on the most terrible bouts. He doesn't engage you in a fight, and it's just whack. So it's it's terrible to watch him box. So he's gonna we'll have uh Morrow there to at least give us some entertaining uh you know hip hop references on commentary. Um and Morrow knows all three members of the Migos. So uh but <laughs> Morrow's <The> back Migos. <laughs> he's back and Joe Budden. Yeah, I don't even, that was I don't classic. Even feel like I, you know, let's let's pause for a little bit in these dirt sheets because it's still pretty dirt sheet, right? Like, yo, did the Migos really need to feel like some type of way about Budden? Because we all know that Budden's got like beef with DJ Academics, you know? No, no, no. Academics is his partner on that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're not what really made it, part. They hate each other. What made it? What made it comedy was Academics teasing these dudes. <laughs> all right. Academics asked him this question like four times. Knowing he understood what he said the first time, just to get my man to use his deep Atlanta Southern drawl and answer this question four times like an idiot. And that's exactly what he did. And Joe Budden was really upset with academics for stretching this shit out. Like, why are you fucking with this dude? You know, like, let this shit go. And, of course, Joe Budden has that, you know, elitist, you know, rapper uh, mentality. If you aren't in his elitist class, then, you know, you don't really matter and you're not worthy. But like all oh, the shade being thrown, and then the fact that the Migos are really basically wearing blouses. Oh man, it was great. Yo, that, yo, yo, shirts versus blouses, bro. Prince put us on game years ago. Well, if the Migos would have wrote, if the Migos would have came out with some pancakes after that, then all would have been good. <laughs> look, they need man, to have look, pancakes yo. after every beef. They did not. I've, they are I've, not on Prince's level. I feel like you know Joe Budden is you know uh, you know internet hero man. If he, if he's not chasing you know paparazzi kids down, you know he's 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 waiting for his his complex partner academics to get clowned. But I feel like yo Budden wasn't really 
like disrespecting amigos like that. He just didn't want to pull up with academics bullshit any much longer. Like his bullshit, you know, it's, it's been a struggle week for academics on top of, you know, the, um, you know, getting called out like last week and then BET thing. And they got three amigos to deal with, man. You know, I mean, Bud has been this, this way before. I mean, he got popped by ice water back in the day. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Joe Budden is living his rapper life. Shout out to Joe Budden. It uh, is what it is. Now back to the daily dirt sheets. Yeah, so Morrow's back. Are you excited to have Morrow back? He's gonna be calling NXT um away from JBL. But in his own words, he said that um, you know, he's not speaking on what caused the separation in the first place, but he did mention that it was such a uh, a serious thing that he uh, would walk away from his dream job, and then he had to, you know, be true to his convictions and be true to himself that he would step away from his dream job. So I'm, I'm glad he's back that they worked it out. Honestly, with you, Illa, I think it's a bad look that you know the WWE has this big, you know, be a star, no bullying campaign, and there's all these rumors that like their hot shot new announcer is moving away from the company because. They're being he's being hazed and bullied by one of their legacy announcers. It's not a good look. Not at all. That's uh that's not a good look. So I mean he's back. Shout out tomorrow. We'll get a lot more Mamma Mia's uh in our earlobes pretty soon. Also, unsubstantiated internet rulers, wired wild speculation on the internet right now. As we know, Kurt Angle's back. He's a raw GM, but there's a question of when he's going to hit the ring for some German suplexes, maybe one last final run. No one knows when he's coming back, but Dave Meltzer, the wrestling observer, he's heard a few rumors backstage. Uh, Meltzer cannot confirm these rumors. No one needs just just talk backstage, but uh, apparently maybe SummerSlam, we might see Angle in the ring. And his first opponent might be none other than Triple H. Yay. <sighs> Look, uh, this version, uh, short-haired, bald Triple H is the best version of Triple H. But even him being the best version of Triple H, I don't want to see him wrestle Angle. Angle probably has, what? WWE will probably have Angle wrestle four times max. I'm seeing three matches. I don't want one of them to be a Triple H match. Like, we could have... Angle versus Nakamura. We can have But I mean, can Angle, Angle versus- still go though? That's the question. Like No, Angle can go. Angle can go. Angle was wrestling cause... Cody Rhodes a couple of months ago. Angle can go. Okay, because I don't want like some broke down ass fucking uh nah. Nah. Broke down angle. Like, I mean, he's not as fast as he as he used to be. I mean, he, we all get older, right? So like his little sprint to the corner, you know, he's on the mat, and you know, he's he sprints in the history with that second rope belly to belly. Isn't as quick as it used to be, but you know, he's so he's, he's so you know, light jog, you know, he's good, he's good, you know. But still, I don't want to see Angle versus H. Like, there's Chad Gable, there's Finn Balor, um, a John Cena that knows how to wrestle now. Like, there's so many more interesting possibilities than H. So, but this is all rumors. We can't confirm. This is all rumors. This is talk. This is all talk. So, hopefully, it's just talk. 
Ella, who would you like to see Angle wrestle in WWE currently right now? What do you think would be an interesting match for Angle? I really don't want to see Angle wrestling in WWE right now. I mean, I think they need to build up the younger guys and let them grow and let them shine. And that's what the focus needs to be on. They don't really need to, you know, dust off Kurt Angle for no reason at all. For a match that, uh, like, I don't give a fuck about him in Triple H. Yeah, I really don't. Um, and I don't know that that would go anywhere. You know, I mean, it's not going to go anywhere. It would just be, I mean, they did maybe a GM versus the authority type story just for the sake of fucking doing it. But we've been doing authority. We've been doing authority since like 2012. We need to move away. And that's from what them. I'm saying. It's like, yeah. So it's like, what purpose would it really fucking serve? And uh, your main man, Illawasi, is not about that life. So fuck that shit. Put in some other match that's worthwhile that helps these young cats get over and go from there. <clears throat> All right, for the second time, the Slambros can report that Shelton Benjamin is in talks to return to the WWE. We know last year he was supposed to return on the SmackDown brand, but he had a rotator cuff injury that put him on the shelf. Injuries healed up. He's been medically cleared. He's back taking independent bookings. And so now, um, you know, he's, he's back talking. So we could see uh, Shelton Benjamin. Uh, back in the E fairly soon. Ilo, you still excited for Mr. Benjamin's return? Oh, most definitely, most definitely. I mean, but, you know, WWE logic says that they're going to misuse him and abuse him, and he won't get the title run he so richly deserves. But at least we'll probably get a dope AJ Styles, Shelton Benjamin match. That's the best I can look forward to. It may be a, a nice Shinsuke Shelton match as well. Oh, they have they have wrestled before. Uh, shout, uh, if you check the fanbros.com, the the Slambros archives, one of the bonus matches of the week is uh, Shelton Benjamin versus Nakamura. I think from one of the G one tournaments from a couple of years ago. Um, yo, speaking of the G one tournament, New Japan has unveiled the G one climate blocks, and goddamn, these blocks are gonna get us some some interesting matches so for those that aren't familiar the g1 tournament is the tournament that new japan uh does every summer normally the winner of the g1 tournament will um be facing the the champion at wrestle kingdom come top of the year in january but some of the matches are just absolutely just bonkers of course uh we had uh ricochet aka prince puma versus um Yo, who was it last year? Not not Zack Saber. Um, the one that got Vader all pissed because they're all flipping all whatnot. Man, we had that match. Of course, we had uh, Kenny Omega, um, always holding it down in G One Classic. Uh, Tanahashi versus Ishii a couple of years. I mean, G One is always great. So uh, they just revealed the block. I think like either today or like a couple of days ago. And Block A, um, for our, our New Japan wrestling fans, we got Tanahashi. KB, Ishii, Goto, um, Yoshihashi, Bad Luck Fail, uh, Naga, Zack Sabre Jr., Kota Bushi, and Naito. That's all block A. Like any one of those pairings, it's just going to be an awesome match. Any one of those pairings. All right. Even crazier, block B features Okada, Yano, Kajime, Elon. Juice Robinson, Juice, Juice Robinson, shout out to Juice. All right, Topanga, uh, Sanda, Evil, 
Suzuki, and of course Kenny Omega. So there's a possibility that we could get uh, Omega Okada 3 in the G1 tournament. Which would be even crazier because uh, they did the run back about, what, three, three weeks ago now? And the second Omega Okada match was just like an hour long stalemate. So... If you're not subscribing to New Japan World, this is a better use of $9.99 a month. (laughs) (laughs) This is a better use of uh, $9.99 a month. And then also, uh, congratulations to Cody Rhodes. Defeated Christopher Daniels to claim the Ring of Honor World title. So, it's been about a year now. Cody left the E to go do interesting things. And he's been doing great things all around, he's been popping up promotions all around the world. He joined Bullet Club. He's been in Ring of Honor. Uh, he's had some dope matches with like pretty much everyone. Angles, uh, not Angles, Angle. He had uh, like over in England, Watch Culture Pro Wrestling. Um, he's uh, like Zack Saber Jr. He's wrestled him. Uh, shout out to Jay Lethal. He had a dope match with Jay Lethal. So and now Cody is the Ring of Honor World Champion. Shout out to Cody. Very nice, Cody. So you've done it, son. You've made the American dream proud. He's proud. So you know what time it is? It's time for our favorite reoccurring program here on the Slam Bros Show. The Pride of Mexico. His adventures continue. This motherfucker here. Just the fact that he has consistently made it into the dirt sheets is this streak is unbelievable. He has his own segment on our show now. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Alberto El Patron Del Rio. Las Aventuras de Alberto El Patron y sus amigos. Alright, when we last joined our hero, he was busy passive-aggressively G-checking one Y-Rack and telling the importance of, uh, you know, markets and people with money and not to, you know, discriminate people just because you view them as poor. This week, people are trying to break the house that Del Rio broke uh, weekend over the weekend, we have reports that a possible fight. There's always reports of possible fights between Alberto and a significant other page. The fight was so bad this time that the couple had actually broken up. This is crazy because they're supposed to be getting married next month, and this close to the wedding, of course, couples are going to get a little antsy. You know, emotions running high, nerves getting high, anything can happen. But there's reports that they, uh, you know, they broken up. They had a fight. People were like happy, ecstatic that you know the the interesting, the world's most interesting wrestling couple was finally separated. But both have taken to social media to deny said reports. They're spotted over here in the Sunshine State, down in Orlando, um, chilling at one of the water parks, just having a good time. And Paige also tweeted, "Relax, people." LOL. So the house that Del Rio built. Is still standing on its foundation. 
Yeah, that's some bullshit. <laughs> Alberto El Patron got tired of looking at his wifey to be uh, getting served up by his fellow wrestlers, and he was like, "Yo, I, you know, some of his essay partners must have hollered at him like El Patron. It's no bueno, no bueno. The ghost who fucks, uh, the ghost yo, who fucks has fucked too many." He's still there, but yo, homie, uh, Alberto was also speaking to his favorite uh, publication this week. Um, He's speaking to uh, Sports Illustrated. We gotta get Alberto on here, man. We get him like every week. We have to speak to Alberto. He's got his own segment, so of course, you know, Patron should come through. But uh, he was speaking to Sports Illustrated, you know, doing some promotion on, you know, what he's doing, and he's gonna apparently, apparently, uh. Del Rio is fighting Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley. You remember that guy? Um, he is apparently the champion of some strange wrestling promotion. <laughs> I don't... I, I, did you know this? He's, apparently, he's a champion of some strange wrestling promotion. And um, Del Rio is currently the champion of Jeff Jarrett's kind of startup <laughs> Indiegogo wrestling promotion, uh, Global Force Wrestling. So, apparently, they're going to be doing a title unification match at some type of pay-per-view sometime soon. So, Del Rio was doing some promotion for the match, and he said that, you know, he believes that his match with Bobby Lashley, that they're going to have a better match than Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe. Now, look, see, I know some of y'all are thinking that, but here's the thing. Remember, Del Rio is a retired MMA fighter. He used to fight MMA before he's a pro wrestler. And Bobby Ra- Bobby Lashley is still he still fights he still fights MMA, and he's got a pretty solid win loss record. So they could put on a pretty decent shoot fight. Now what Del Rio was saying does make sense. So let me read you his quote from Sports Illustrated. All right, he said our match is going to be a thousand times better. I have a deep respect for Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe, and they they will give the fans an amazing match. But they're limited by the politics in that company. That company won't let them give 100% to the audience. They're going to hold them back. Alberto Del Rio is limited by the fact that we won't even know his matches happened. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, much love to Alberto El Patron. Respect to uh, Lashley, mainly because he managed to uh, bag uh, that super hot WWE lady back in the day. That might be his wife now, so, you know, no disrespect to you, son. But, um, yeah, they may have a good match, maybe, but uh, we won't even know about it till the underground video footage leaks weeks later. <laughs> Look, I think, you know me. We, we have no idea that it's even occurred. I, yeah, I think I, they'll probably have a, a dope match. I think it's something to keep out for it. Look for it. Look for it. I don't know if you would pay money for it on that pay-per-view. Uh, but look for it. But always, all respect to Alberto Del Rio. Excuse me, Alberto El Patron, the most interesting man in professional wrestling. Shout out to you. That is truth. <laughs> that is truth. He is the most. Jesus, this fucking dude. <laughs> He was there the whole time, and we didn't even know. (laughs) All right, yo, let's get the raw. 
Raw has been uh, fairly interesting. So last week you're on vacation. Um, last week did you did you see the the pull apart brawl between Samoa Joe and and Brock? Yes, I've seen both of the. Well, I saw the brawl, and I saw the second incident. Definitely. So yo, what's up with Paul Heyman? Has he not learned? Has he has he hasn't learned? Has he? He hasn't learned like yeah. Seth Rollins. No, no, no. Brock the Beast Incarnate is not Seth Rollins. The Beast Incarnate and calls out whoever he wants. <laughs> when Paul Heyman, you know, you know, Samoa magic happens, you know, but but Brock is not susceptible. We say that for scrubs and chumps like uh, CrossFit Jesus, Seth Rollins, and other scrubs on a roster. The Beast does not succumb to Samoa magic. He only <laughs> he only falters slightly during, uh, you know. Raw promos. <laughs> <laughs> you say Samoa Joe's name, Samoa is going to appear and an ass whipping is going to follow. That has never failed. Even Brock had to deal with it. He didn't get his ass whooped, but he got that coquina clutch put on his monkey ass. <laughs> Samoa just appeared like a shadow of the night. Like I want to see the backstage footage, right? Like Samoa Joe's in a locker room, someone's on a mic. I say his name, all disrespect, Samoa. and he's like, "Man, this motherfucker!" So he probably throws down, grabs a towel, starts stomping to the room. Dude's just like, "Oh shit, man, Samoa Joe's coming!" Yo, get out of the way, get out of the way, get his music ready. Boom, there. No, Don't say his Samoa name. Samoa Joe be sitting on the toilet eating a power bar, <laughs> drinking a protein shake. He just get like he just feel like a wrinkle in the force or something. <laughs> Somebody said my name. <laughs> he just poof. He, he just no. pops he just the know. fuck up. Because <laughs> there's been times when Samoa Joe's come out, and usually it's kind of telegram. Like, where it's like, this would be the time where Samoa Joe, you know, somebody come out. Like, you just didn't expect Samoa Joe to appear. That motherfucker appears. Samoa magic, boy. Samoa Joe coming for you. You say his name <laughs> within. Three minutes, he gonna be on you. <laughs> he's coming. He's that's like, yo, you say he's coming. He's, you know, I'm, I'm like, yo, the pull apart was dope, but measure like- it, measure it, slam bros. <laughs> you say Samoa Joe name within three minutes. He Samoa magic have it, and he gonna appear, and he bringing an ass whooping with him. He's he's coming, man. I mean, like, and he's intense too. So I hope they don't just feed Joe. To to Lesnar because I mean the, the two have been doing great work. I mean he had Brock turn purple yesterday or whatever Monday was, and um, on top of that, when he was being pulled out, like he was like, "Yo, I had you go to sleep. I run this. I run this." <laughs> well, the rumor is you know basically a little dirt sheet s that um because of the reaction that Samoa Joe is getting. With Brock, that they've changed some further plans down the line. I think that's how Baron Corbin is supposed to be involved somewhere later down the line, or getting a shot or some shit like that. So but what they they're doing, they have like up. Brock, because you know they have Brock on a limited like house show schedule. So they've actually put him on a few SmackDown dates for a few SmackDown house shows in bigger markets to try and you know get ticket sales up. So he's supposed to be facing Baron Corbin at a house show, July 29th. So. But I mean, I hope, I hope that we're just not gonna keep this belt on, on Lesnar until Mania, just to give it to Roman. 
to try and coordinate him for a fourth mania in a year. Because, like, the last three didn't work. I don't know why, you know, this is going to work a fourth time. Because WWE doesn't learn. They don't learn shit ever. Uh, ever. They, they don't learn, so. But nope. now with- <laughs> They're going to try to pry open your jaws and try to ram Roman Reigns down your throat. Did uh, those of you who are into that, good for you. All right, so let's just get the Roman Reigns. The rest of us, <laughs> no. Let's get Mister Conditioner out of the way. So Raw opens with Mister Conditioner in the in the ring, talking his ras once again, talking about Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman, blah blah blah. I'm gonna beat him button because I'm Roman Reigns. And then Roman Reigns shows up in his signature vehicle, the ambulance. Uh, I mean, excuse me, Strowman shows up, ambulance. Roman's like, all right, I've got my ass kicked by Strowman enough times to know Strowman's going to jump out of the ambulance. So let me try and get to jump on Strowman. But haha, remember, Strowman is our thinking man's heel. Remember, he went to the video footage. Remember back in the day when he went to the video footage, he hit the replay mm-hmm. and said, this is supposed to happen, right? So Strowman, thinking man's heel, ambulance, decoy. Roman opens the door, boom. Side attack. Bronze whoops his ass again. <laughs> again. <laughs> oh, man. Yo, I'm... I mean, they know what they're doing, right? Like, they, it's, it's working beautifully, right? They send Roman out there to get the crowd heated. And then Braun comes through and just eats him for lunch. And everyone's like, yeah, right? So they're getting... I guess a good reaction, right? So you 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 don't sacrifice Braun to to, to build up Roman, would you? Because I feel like they'll kill all that heat. Or if they're trying to build nuclear heat on Roman, then you have him go over Strowman. So what, like? Yeah. Okay. I don't know, man. I mean, people like Strowman, and they fucking hate uh roman so out but it's a hard thing you know what i mean because they the company is clearly behind roman reigns and that just you know it just sucks for the rest of us who have to deal with that bullshit now but oh well let me let me ask you something so a lot of there are there are some smart marks out there that feel that um, as soon as Roman turns heel, if he ever did turn heel, that the audience would immediately start to cheer him. So it would once again be in the WWE in a situation that they that they that they do not want. I, I don't and, think that the audience would immediately start to cheer him though. I think people would still fucking hate him for what he is. I just think that it works better for him in terms of now. He's getting his boos are deserved. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So that's the only difference in turning him heel, um, and then they can do hopefully more interesting things storytelling wise with him, because trying to create him in a John Cena mode is just whack, and just let him be an asshole to people. You know, and go around doing asshole things, <laughs> and like they need to like make him the like the new Enzo Amore, you know, and go uh, sexually harass people's wives, and you know just draw heat like that. 
So, all right. So, I guess the second part of that question would be, are audiences just contradictory? That are, are wrestling fans, smart fans, do they just cheer the heels just to be assholes? Or is there just something about those characters that the audience, in certain parts of the audience, can connect more no, than no, the No, 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 no. I mean... People people always like the bad guy. I mean, people like the Joker. They like the bad guy. If you're a Freddy Krueger, they if you're a good villain, they like that. So eventually, people would let, come around and really like Reigns if he was a heel doing heelish things. But this whole good guy, people know when they're being pandered to. And they know when you're trying to shove something down their throat. And they know it. you know. And so the immediate response, if somebody's trying to force something down your throat, you're going to gag. You know, you're going to try to spit it out. And that's what's happening with Roman Reigns. Nobody wants to to swallow that. <laughs> and so that's what they're getting. Right. WWE Logic says, we don't care. We'll continue to force feed. Whereas all they really need to do is, they don't even have to necessarily turn them here. Just make it make sense. Like have them do the healing shit and stop trying to be the, the superhero. And, you know, take a couple ass whoopings or whatever and then dish out some punishment. I can see that. I can see that. I think one of my, my biggest issues with not just Reigns, but the E, is that they ignore the audience reaction so much to a level. It's just, you build the WWE Universe as a character in your show, but the universe is, I would say, what do you, what do you say, like, either, like, it's high, like, 60% of the time, just not in sync with the story you're trying to tell, that they're automatically rolling the opposite way, and I don't think they're just being contradictory. I think it's just that... Like either you're not telling the story properly, or they're just not connecting with the characters. You know, just like dude's being a dick. He's being a dick. So, and that's why people cheer. People cheer for violence too. But I mean, Braun, like Braun's character. And yeah, he's a crazy hillberry, hill, hillberry man. He's got a Superman tattoo. Who's flipping ambulances? All right. Normally, you try and avoid those people in your life. You know, you avoid those people. But look at Braun. He's beating up people we don't like. He's using his brains. He's going to replay footage. You know, he he wants competition. What did Mick Foley give him? Mick Foley gave him jobbers for months. You know, I get pissed if I was just fighting jobbers for months on end, having to wrestle like three guys a night, put them on top of each other. That's work. You know, can relate. I don't work that hard. So, and also like Braun, like. <laughs> Yo, like two weeks ago when he kicked down the ambulance, the ambulance door was like, Bruh! you know what I'm saying? That's just a dope. This is a dope entrance. It's like ridiculous in the most pro wrestling way. <laughs> like, how are you not going to like that? Dude enters an arena in an ambulance. <laughs> Does that? <laughs> ambulance take people away to the hospital, not somewhere. <laughs> so, uh, yo, but that's, that's how Raw opened. Um, and then we proceeded to get another variation of Hardy Boys versus Sheamus and Cesaro, do 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 do. But this time, Hardy Boys were flanked by Finn Balor, and Elias Sampson was joining Cesaro and Sheamus. It was like a three-segment match, man. And uh, Homie from Transformers was on commentary where he admitted that this was his first pro wrestling event ever. And they put him on commentary. Yeah, I know he's got a cross-promote, like, USA TV show, uh, his movie he's directing for WWE Studios, and he also revealed that he's meeting his co-star, Seamus, for the first time tonight. I'm like, oh, my God. 
And uh, <laughs> also, yo, shout out to Booker T for doing the Lord's work, who spent a large part of that match trying to explain the mechanics of wrestling to uh, Duol that entire match. And Duol trying to claim that he was a hip hop fan. And if you know anything about Booker T, you know he used to be riding around. And what, what did he have? What did he have in, in, in WCW? Was it a Beamer? What did he have? What was that white car he used to have in WCW? Like, he didn't, he didn't ride in the ring. This was his personal car. But if you, if you see the backstage, what he's always talking about, he'd be blasting Tupac. Blasting. Like, Booker T's huge <laughs> hip-hop head, right? So, like, you, could, you couldn't see Booker T, but you could, you, could, you could imagine his eyes pop up. Dude said, I'm directing a film about the unsolved cases of Biggie and Tupac. And me, I'm like... Bro, this is not the white man I want directing that film. This is that I just not the one, right? And Booker T tried to get some information out of him, which he was just like, blah, blah, I, I, I don't know what's the suplex, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm like, oh man. So yo, bless Booker T for trying to do the most out of the worst. We had three segments of that. Uh, Finn Balor and the Hardy Hardy Boys got the win. I, I mean, no, it's good having the Hardys back, man. But I just want them to be broken already, it's, or shattered. We gotta, we gotta get Matt to lose his mind. That's why, that's why the Hardys were so interesting. Like these versions of the Hardys, there's really nothing out out for them, you know. Like that'd be cool as long as they don't lose their theme music because that Hardys beat knocks. All right, the Hardys beat does knock, bro. But like, there's something eerie and disturbing about like the uh, the broken um, theme. But it's Matt and his wife, they came up with it, so they'll they'll probably come up with something different. And but come on, you don't want like a a gardener who's you don't want Senior Benjamin there preparing the battlefield for murder, <laughs> and a drone that has an alcohol problem. Like come on, I want this in my wrestling programs. I want this. All right, so Illa, after five six weeks. How long ago did Goldust betray our truth? A long time ago. They finally met in a wrestling ring, and nothing happened because Goldust, a Goldust, excuse me, jumped our truth before the match, and he got the beat down. He got the heel beat down. Goldust was wearing his classic uh, outfit. Haven't seen him rocking that suit in a while. Did it happen to be? Black and gold, perhaps? No, nah, it was it was a gold and white one with like the like the lightning strike kind of down the middle. Like, ah, like, yes. the, like yeah, it was it was a classic suit. Um it kind of didn't really work, right? Because that that suit because remember when he had that, like Goldust wasn't that good of a face painter. And Goldust is like gotten <laughs> like good as a face painter. If you look at all his different face paints, like, yo, that's a pretty sick design, Goldust. So it's like the face paint's there, but the suit's classic, so the suit doesn't really match the the dopeness of his new face paint. So, but it's like, yo, we went five weeks or six weeks for this. And like, oh my God. So they got jumped. Um, All right, let's get this out of the way. (sighs) LeVar Ball and his clan of children was on Raw. Were you not entertained? I mean... (laughs) Of the cootery? Were you not entertained? Of the cootery? <laughs> I knew something. The coonery and buffoonery. <laughs> but LeVar Ball. I like LeVar. Look, I like LeVar. When he ran, he when he ran down in the ring 
and busted his ass trying to get in there. Oh, man, it was classic. <laughs> and then try to save it by doing like a little swim move. LeVar. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then taking off his shirt and doing the kung fu. Oh, my Oh, man. Come on, dude. It was comedy. It was bad television, but it, it was comedy. Yo, I was watching, it was watching a train work happen in live, in live time. And I was like, yo, like, I can't even have, he doesn't, he, I don't think he knows the words coming out of his mouth. And then as Dean, this is not on the, it's not on YouTube. They edited it out. WWE actually um, released an apology for LeBar's language. But as no, Dean, for, for his son. Oh, was it, was uh, that, was his son? Lamelo, uh, Lamelo, Lam- Lamelo, Lam- something. Because we, we yeah, couldn't see who Lamello. was on camera. I know Lamar was bouncing off the ring ropes at the time, but somebody was yelling, "Beat that nigga's ass! Beat that nigga's yeah, ass!" Yeah, that was that was Lamelo. Uh, and I was like, "That was the son." I was like, "Look, when is the last time?" I think Vince McMahon was the last person to drop an end bomb on the TV. Um. And now they're all, you know, all family friendly. But like, this a shirtless Labar bouncing off the ring ropes, acting like, you know, he's he's the karate kid, selling his, you know, his, his baller brand T shirts. I don't know what the WD expected when they got him, bro. I don't, I don't know what they were expecting. You think they got what they paid for? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> they got news, attention. They got eyeballs. The speculation that's that's it's been on ESPN Sports Center all morning. I mean, they talked about it on Mike and Mike. So yes, they got it was probably on Fox Sports as well. So they definitely got the look they wanted out of that. And I mean, it was it was bad, but it was entertaining. Lavar is people can say what they want. He loves his kids. He is a you know ringmaster type of dude. But it's like he's just that big oversized. He's a WWE character. That's exactly what he is. That larger than life, oversized character and personality. So he fit in that ring with the Miz, you know, just over the top, you know. But just as a dude, you know, he cares about his kids. You know what I mean? He's trying to watch out for them. He's trying to make certain moves that ensure the legacy of his kids and his family. And to me, I mean, I re- I respect it. I mean, I don't respect you charging four ninety nine for those ugly ass <laughs> shoes. But I understand and I appreciate what he's trying to do. You know, he wants to go partner with the shoe company versus, you know, be a little bitch for him. So it's like, I can respect that. You know, somebody may take his blueprint and and rock with it from there. But um, just his appearance was comedy. You cannot deny that. All right, so this is the bar. All right, so we got two more major things to happen from Raw. Of course, the Miz Miz and his new clan, they beat Rhino, Slater, and Dean. But more importantly, um, Enzo Mora continues to get his ass whooped. All right. So, I th- for a second, if you haven't been watching wrestling long enough, you, you probably saw this sort of coming. But uh, Enzo Amore calls out his buddy or ex-buddy Big Cass to the ring. And he's like, look, man. And you don't really see this much in wrestling, right? So normally when a face gets turned on, like, yo, I can't, un- I don't understand why you betrayed me through our friendship for nothing. But Enzo does something nuanced in the ring this past week as he admitted to his wrongdoing. He admitted that he was an asshole. He admitted that he does bad things and he admitted that, you know, sometimes he did that because he always had big cast behind him. Right? 
So he was owning up to his past mistakes. I was like, man, that's 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 nice, Enzo. And he said, look, Cass, we can't break up yet. You know, you're my brother, you're my family. We gotta win these belts. We can't break up before we win these belts. We gotta at least win them once. So Big Cass comes and he says, you know what? I'm sorry. I let my emotions get the better of me. You're my brother. You know, you know, we've been through too much for me to throw this out of the way, right? So, so I, I, I've been whooping your ass behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. But, but we cool now because I want these belts. <laughs> Hashtag WWE logic. Yeah, he was just he was just heated, bro. You know, sometimes sometimes brothers fight. You know what I'm saying? You know, he- I've been heated for weeks <laughs> enough that it's become a mystery angle and whooped your ass. My brother, all this it, and you didn't know it, cause I, I I had a solid sneak game that you didn't even know it was me that snuck up on you and whooped your ass, you know. But let's go get these belts. So yeah, so they they apologize and they celebrate in the ring, and immediately as the celebration kept going on, I knew something was up, cause normally the WWE cameras like to cut away to something as quick as possible, right? And you're not watching the celebration for dudes that haven't won anything. We're not watching the celebration for three minutes of guys that are just hugging out in the name of brotherhood. There's one thing the WWE has taught us that friendships never last and you should hate people in love. Those are the two most reoccurring themes in professional wrestling. Hate people in love and friendships never last. So, of course, when they got to the top of the entrance ramp, uh, um, big, big cast gave... Enzo one hell of a clothesline and then threw his body ragdoll down the entrance ramp. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Enzo's not a good person, yo. Run around I mean, naked. Someone call AHR on this man. The biggest, the biggest question mark outside of this is who's going to get to use their dope ass? Yo, who, who gets the music in the divorce? We asked this on. That, that's on the only thing yeah. that matters, really. Who gets the music in the divorce? Because when that that uh their theme song hits, the little violin, the violin, and then that, da, 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 da. oh man, <laughs> it go hard. <laughs> so I just want to know who gets the theme song. Yo, also, all right, we gotta get the SmackDown, but we we have to recognize the uh the women's gauntlets match as Nia Jax had one hell of a performance. Man, Nia Bay put in work. And this was a great match. Like, this was a pay-per-view quality match that they really should have put on WWE Network. I mean, just the finish was, it was dope. It was really dope. Good finish. I know a few of us on Twitter were a little disappointed that, you know, Nia didn't win. But it was still a strong match. She got to dominate, you know, everyone else. And then Sasha, you had to, you had to, like, it was like the rejuvenation of Sasha with the win. Um, So... I think either way would have been an interesting program, right? Like Nia Jax is character-wise, she's she's proven that she's not up for like any of Alexa Bliss's bullshit. Like she's 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 read that girl every damn night, and she knows that she could easily beat her. So I think that would have been an interesting program. But then also Sasha versus Bliss is also an interesting program because both Sa- the Sasha Banks, the boss character, she's kind of an asshole. She's kind of a conceited asshole, like. It's very confident, but she's more naturally a heel. And then Alaska Bliss is just, you know, you know, she's also, you know, she's also be playing snaps. Like she'll snap on you too. So um I think this would be an interesting. But like, yo, shout out to Naya. 
Uh, she was killing people. Uh, yo, Loki, she killed she killed the homie uh, Dana Brooks. Dana Brooks wanted for that 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 whatever stringboard thing, and she just threw her down. <laughs> Hashtag let Dana live. <laughs> but take that, take that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that was dope. So we'll, we'll see what's going on. So they're gonna have that for the the Great Balls of Fire pay per view, which is apparently that name is sticking around because oh god. So I mean that the saving grace on yesterday's episode was Paul Heyman finally making that name relevant no, and worthwhile. No, I that was he dropped a fire promo. It was. It was Fire backstage promo. I saw that pun and coming then, from 30 seconds away. I was like, Paul, don't do it. You're better than this. Dude, it doesn't matter. It worked in the context. It, it was like, okay. Okay. You know, but other than that, that, that was such a terrible title for a paper. I, but like also, terrible. but Paul Hamian did guarantee he's getting choked out again next week. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you don't call, you don't call Samoa Joe's name. You just don't do it. Reconsider, read some literature, or watch the fucking video. Says Rollins getting his ass beat. All right, all right, so, all right. Boom. SmackDown, uh, SmackDown. The Trap House Usos, of course, defeated the Hype Bros. Um, so, so here's a here's a weird thing about this, right? So last week the Hype Bros returned, and like, yo, Daniel Bryan, let's get it. We need we need a chance to get the titles because we never really lost our contendership. Zack Ryder just got hurt. And Brian Brown was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is what you got to do, man. You guys, you got to do the stupid thing we always do. If you beat the tag team champs, then you'll get a shot at the titles. And like, all right, let's get it. Well, they didn't get it. But then New Day comes out and they're like, yo, we're challenging y'all fools for the title of that battlegrounds. <laughs> and so it's like, yo, so wait, New Day can just get a title shot just because? But y'all making the hype bros work for it? So... Uh, apparently they're doing a rap battle next week. Mm. Now you know me; I jokingly refer to as the Trap House Usos as uh, Ghostface and Raekwon right now, because you know they they be finishing each other's sentences. But here's my concern about this rap battle: is um, if any of the writers in the back try and let these boys, you know, if if they try and write their rhymes for them, it's gonna be terrible. I think this whole thing gonna be terrible. If yeah, they if they just let like Woods, if they let Woods, Big E, Kofi, Jay, and Jimmy just like shoot the shit. Cause if you've seen them on up, up, down, down, they can shoot the shit. All right. Um if they let them, it could be good. But if they come in with scripted material, you know, it's gonna be like eh, it's gonna be cringeworthy. We'll see how that one plays out. So we'll see. Uh, yo, shout outs. We got another edition of the Fashion Files. We're we're now in the 80s. It's now Fashion Vice with Brizongo and Tyler Breeze trying to figure out the mystery of uh, who destroyed their office. Um, if you're not paying attention to like the Fashion Files, the, the pictures that they have in their office are just like wrestling Easter eggs. <laughs> All right. Like um, they had a picture of Arn Anderson in there this week. And I couldn't read the text on it, but there's always like a little bit of uh, um, 
like a an Easter egg going on with their fashion files. So this week they were interrogating the uh the Ascension, trying to buy them off with cheese cubes and uh concert <laughs> tickets as they both played great cop, great cop. <laughs> um trying to solve the mystery of like, yo, who 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 trashed our office? So the the fashion the fashion police are on the case. They'll figure this out. Um, the one I think one of the reasons why I like the fashion police so much is like it's absurd. It's pretty stupid. It's pretty stupid humor. All right, it's not like the most intelligent stuff. It's not Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock or like you know Louis C.K. It's, it's not even that. But um, like the fashion files is something you normally don't see that WWE hasn't done in a long while. As you have other wrestlers interacting with their other co-workers so they're actually acting like yo we all live in this or we all work in this crazy wrestling place right so like shane mcmahon like when they turn in their super soakers to shane mcmahon the house that's stupid that's stupid that's completely absurd and they're not real police why are you turning in your, your super soakers the super soakers right and that their stupid office got trash that like they're handing out like fashion tickets to people you know um, like they had a picture of Sami Zayn on their office, and under it they put "generic," which is of course a reference to his El Generico character. So I mean, like they're they're able to do these stupid little things, man, and and uh, you know, and they can wrestle too. So it's like they can be stupid and they can put on dope wrestling matches. So the mystery continues. Um. Naomi defeated Lana very quickly, as it should have been on the pay-per-view. Because, like, Lana has no business having a competitive match with Naomi right now, right? Um, Can't just walk in and get a title shot. Oh, shout-outs to Rusev. Rusev is apparently cleared to wrestle. But the reason why we haven't seen Rusev is because WWE Creative has no idea what to do with him right now. And that is that is wonderful. Hmm. <laughs> Um, Brandy Orton came out here and uh, uh, uh he, he demanded another match against you know the modern day Maharaja, Mr. Hard Body himself, Jinder Mahal. And uh, Shane McMahon's like, No, man, chill it, man. I understand he disrespect your pops, but Shane McMahon, using his brain power, said, You know what, Randy, you did a bunch of that same stuff. You remember when you beat up John Cena's dad at ringside? Like you really can't be mad at gender for putting hands on your pops. All right, but he said, "All right, I'll give you I'll give you another chance, but because Gender Mahal is the champion, he'll get to choose the stipulation." And now this was rumored last week and we all kind of collectively sighed. Um cuz also I is it it's like stare like all right. So they're going to do it in a Punjabi prison for battleground. Ella, do you remember any of the, the two previous Punjabi prison matches? Mm, Great Kali? Yeah, Batista. But no, I don't know. Batista <laughs> and Great Kali. It's just a terrible gimmick. They're trying to unearth. Uh, they're back, I guess. Bro, I wonder what type of gimmick Mac they would have for Jamaican. <laughs> Go get three hmm. jobs? <laughs> Wow. Wow. (laughs) 
You got you got to get like it would be like yo the Jamaican the Jamaican street fight. So it'd be like you have to get two out of three pins, right? Like you got you got to do the same job multiple times. So. so. Oh wow. Now y'all be like yo Bowman, that's wrong, yo. But nah, man, I'm first generation born Jamaican over here in America, so I I can do these things. I can do these things. Um, Daniel Bryan announced that there's gonna be a battle royal next week. Uh, Independence Day Battle Royal. The winner will get to face Kevin Owens for his United States Championship. Also, uh, Illa. Do, 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 do. John Cena is returning next week as a free agent. Fuck John Cena. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Baron Corbin defeated Sami Zayn. He finally got one over on Sami Zayn. Um, <laughs> which was pretty funny. It was, all right, what was pretty funny was like, um, Mike Bennett, excuse me, it's not Mike Bennett anymore. Uh, Mike and Maria Canellis, they come out there, they're trying to, you know, tell the world how much they're in love with one another. They're having this promo. Sami Zayn just strolls out there, like, oh, I got a match. And he's like, oh, I didn't know you were out here cutting this promo. How do you not know they're out there cutting a promo? Aren't they on speakers? He didn't look at the screens. <laughs> Or the backstage monitors. He just, he just comes out there dancing, doing his thing. Like, yo, why are you guys out here? So he's like, my bad. I didn't know. I got a match, though. Hey, whatever. It was, it was pretty, all right, it was pretty zoo. But, like, yeah, so Baron Corbin, I guess Corbin has to look strong now that he's Mr. Money in the Bank. But the thing I liked about the, the Sami Zayn encounters is, like, they kind of put over, like, Sami Zayn's finisher in a way that, like, yo, it can come out of nowhere. If you get caught by it, like, you're done. And that's how he got Baron Corbin those two previous times, like, Baron Corbin got a little cocky, wasn't watching his face, and he got a boot to his face. Sammy got that pin. But today, Sammy ran right into the end of days. Like, he ran straight in there. He was just like, Poof. Makes sense. Ran right in there, ate that. All right? And then, um... He skipped his ass into the end of days. <laughs> yeah, he did, he did, he did. And then, uh... And then, of course, we had the do-over, the woman's... Money in a Bank ladder match. I, have you noticed lately that like the WWE has been putting a lot of qualifiers on their matches? So on Sunday it was like, yo, this is the first ever women's Money in a Bank ladder match. And then tonight it was like, yo, this is the second ever woman in the Bank ladder match. And then last week on SmackDown I was like, yo, this is the first time on network television that Sami Zayn is facing. I was like, all right. And then they did like, yo, this is the first time Shinsuke Nakamura has faced Dolph Ziggler on SmackDown Network Television. Like, why Why so many qualifiers? Because they got to drum with that business as best they can. I mean, the first time, it's not the first, but we know it's not the I first mean, time. I mean, Shinsuke took his first L. So, he did in the ladder match. But, like, all right, so like, they redid the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. And it was it was, it was was dope. It was, it was a good match. Good. They got 30 minutes. A lot of high flying spots in there. Uh, Tamina jumped off the rope. Um, there was a cute spot where all the ladies got together and they lifted up the ladder and pulled it away from the belt so Carmella couldn't reach it initially. And uh, I was like, why didn't they just dump her off of it? Why? Why move the ladder? Why are they being so graceful with Carmella? Don't y'all hate this girl? Um. But it was it was it was it was cool. Now a lot of people were speculating that Carmella was just gonna win the match again, but this time she was gonna have to do it without the help of Ellsworth. 
Elbert came in, but he got his comeuppance. Yo, I thought that man, <laughs> that man is just hilarious to look at. All right, because when he ran through the crowd, his arms were all waving and whatnot. His his kind of like jacket's a little bit too big for him, and uh, you know he ran through there looking all ridiculous. And Becky Lynch, you know, it looked like we were gonna get a repeat of Sunday. I mean, James Ellsworth just looks like a reject from the Muppets. <laughs> you know, that's just what it is. This whole thing with him and Carmella, it's done. You know, it's kept him around, kept him relevant. It hasn't really boosted her. It hasn't done jack for her, but it's helped manage to keep him somewhat relevant. And because he's that lovable douche who screws things up all the time. So we didn't we didn't have a podcast last week, so. Hello, let me ask you, what did you think of the the original finish to the first ever women's money in bank match? Um, I thought if they were gonna do it, they should have just had her do it on her own. Like not have him be there to diminish things by handing her the title. You know, she should have done it. She should have won. She could they could have cheated and done everything the same. But just had um had him holding down Serena or the other lady's arms. You know, and preventing them from just getting in the, into the match and getting involved. But, you know, and then just and then allowing Carmella the opportunity to go and do what she, I mean, do whatever she needs to do to win by herself, you know. But for him to actually, as a man, be the first man to win the women's uh, money in the bank and then hand it to the woman, it just, it just didn't make any sense. Yeah. So I, I, I guess tonight really was like a do-over. Because... You know, they tease that same finish again. Ellsworth went up there. He gets knocked off the ladder. He gets his comeuppance. But at the end, you know, it's Carmella who finds the way to, you know, get up that ladder and get that briefcase. So a large part of this match kind of felt like, all right, we're just, uh, we got it. You know, but she still got the belt. Uh, not the belt, excuse me, the briefcase. And... You know what? I think the I think the kind of solid white. I think the ladies' box looks a little bit better than the men's box. You know, the men's box is blue. That's not a good color. You know, <laughs> it's like it's just and it's not even a good blue. You know, like that's solid. That's so. Oh man, you know. Um, but yo, shout outs. You know, the the, the cash in is always an interesting prop. Uh, proclamate. You know, like they go in. Keep it keeps wrestlers on their toes. You know, you never know what's going on. As long as they don't tease it like every week, you should be good. Uh, open is the store, story possibilities and just different ways you kind of go. So, so, see what happens. Once again, a solid SmackDown. I mean, if you're not watching SmackDown, I mean, Raw, Raw is just like three hours of just like, yo, what, is, what am I doing with my life, right? But you know, Raw, you know, SmackDown has its ups and downs, but it's still, it's still, still gonna be quality wrestling on SmackDown. Fashion police are still going to be there. And, um, you know, Naomi's a champ. Modern day Maharaja's there. Um, if y'all kids don't know how to dress, you can look at the Singh brothers. They got some pretty nice shirts. Pants are always pressed, you know. Beer games on point, you know. Can learn a thing or two from them. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yo so um i yo, i don't even when is that pay-per-view july 9th let me check the calendar real quick so we got all right we have one more week of raw so we will not actually we'll be back after great balls of fire um and we'll talk about who Samoa joe is choking out next 
Um, win or lose, he's choking out somebody. Just don't call his name. All right. Uh, we learned that. Yo, you can hit us up on Twitter at SlamBrosPod. That is at SlamBrosPod. We live tweet most events. Uh, also, check out the, the Twitter for programming notes, schedules, updates when the podcast is coming, the questions of the week, etc., etc. And then just rousing musings from either of us. Uh, you can find me at Bowman12L. That's at Bowman12L. Same on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me there. Illa, where can the folks find you at? Um, at IllaYC, uh, at Charlie and the Champ, of course, at the Slam Bros Pod. You know, you can always find me and the Bowman doing our thing. All right, Slam Bros. We'll catch you on the flip and have a safe 4th of July. Peace. Peace.